We're going to be in Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5, beginning in verse 17. Acts chapter 5, beginning in verse 17. Maybe you have been determined about something uh, in the course of your life. I, I can remember being determined as, as a father to, to discipline my kids as unpleasant as it was because I wanted them to turn out uh, in a good way. And so I was determined to do that. Um, I think of uh, Joshua as he was going into the promised land. Uh, he said, look. He said, you choose for yourself whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Uh, you know, we can be determined about a lot of things in this life, but I'm convinced that being determined to serve Jesus Christ is one of the greatest determinations we could ever make. Um, and this scripture that we're going to look at today actually deals with that very thing, being determined to follow Jesus when it is unpleasant unpopular to do so. Uh, I, I believe that we are living in a time in our country where there's quite a bit of darkness around us. There's quite a bit of opposition to the things of God. Uh, I heard uh, about a, a law passed in Canada just recently about uh, not preaching on certain portions of the Bible. Uh, I also heard of something similar in California, and I think those things have been overturned in court. But, but it, is a, it is a true situation that today there is an animosity and an opposition against the things of God. What are we to do as God's people? Are we to hide in a hole? I don't believe God wants us to do that. I think we're to be determined to persist in doing what God has called us to do as his people. And uh, this scripture... Uh, is given in a context where there's been a great blessing of God. Uh, the apostles have had great power on them. Many people are being saved. Multitudes are being saved. And the high priests look and they see what's going on. They're also called the Sadducees. And they become filled with jealousy. They can't stand it that these apostles are seeing the kind of success that they're seeing. And that people are coming from all around to try to find out about this person called Jesus that these very uh, members of the Sanhedrin had opposed and put to death. And so they arrest not just a couple of the apostles like they did before, but they arrest all the apostles, and they put them in jail. Uh, something happens during the night. God sends an angel, and we're not told the details of how this happened, but the angel brings the apostles out of the prison and tells them, look, uh, I want you to go, God wants you to go and speak in the temple courts the teaching. Literally, all these words of life, that these words of the gospel, these words that bring life, go speak them in the temple courts and preach the word. And so, the morning comes, and they go out just as they've been instructed to do. Uh, the, the high priest sends someone uh, to fetch the apostles from the jail, and the guards are there, and the jail is there, but nobody's inside. <laughs> and, and so they're perplexed. They don't know what to do. Finally, somebody says, hey, they're, at, they're actually in the temple courts. They are preaching the gospel. So they send 
a, a servant to, to take them and, and bring them to the Sanhedrin, but they don't do it by force because they're afraid of the crowd. And the apostles, they prayed for boldness, and boy, did they get it. Uh, the Sanhedrin says, hey, we told you not to speak in the name of Jesus Christ. And, and what are you doing? You're filling this city with the teaching of this gospel, and you are making us responsible for killing this man through your teaching. And they answer and say, well, you, you know, yes, the Jesus you hung on the cross, you killed and rose again, this same Jesus is who we're preaching. And we've got to obey God rather than men. We're going to keep preaching the gospel. And so they're just infuriated. And they want to kill the apostles, all 12. Can you imagine what would have happened had they done that? But a member of the Sanhedrin stands up. His name was Gabaliel. And he says, look, we've seen groups rise and fall in the history of our people. And he mentions a couple of different individuals who gained a following. He says they, they were put to death and their, their, their following ceased and it came to nothing. He says, if these men are not of God, then what they're doing won't last. But if they are of God, and I wonder if he was maybe thinking perhaps they are because the apostles weren't in the jail. If they are of God, you may be found to be fighting against God himself. And so they don't kill the apostles, but they beat them, they, they whip them, and then they release them. And the apostles leave rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus Christ. Determined, and it says they continued to preach the gospel. They weren't going to be dissuaded. The pressure of the culture, the pressure of the government was not going to stop them from preaching the message of the gospel. We are called to share the truth of God's word and to be determined in our service for him, regardless of what people think. The title of my message is Developing a Determined Faith. Uh, they did this, first of all, by praying for boldness, right? But secondly, they did it by making choices regularly in their daily life to follow Jesus. And so look with me at this scripture, verse 17. Then the high priest rose up. He and all who were with him who belonged to the party of the Sadducees were filled with jealousy. So they arrested the apostles and they put them in the public jail. But an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail during the night, brought them out, and said, Go and stand in the temple and tell the people all about this life. Hearing this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. When the high priest and those who were with him arrived, they convened the Sanhedrin, the full council of the Israelites, and sent orders to the jail to have them brought. But when the servants got there, they did not find them in the jail, so they returned and reported, We found the jail securely locked, with the guards standing in front of the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. As the captain of the temple police and the chief priests heard these things, they were baffled by, about them, wondering what would become of all these things. Uh, someone came and reported to them, Look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple and teaching the people. 
Then the commander went with the servants and brought them in without force because they were afraid the people might stone them. After they brought them in, they had them stand before the Sanhedrin, and the high priest asked, Didn't we strictly order you not to teach in this name? Look, you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the apostles replied, We must obey God rather than people. The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus, whom you murdered, by hanging him on a tree. God exalted this man to his right hand as ruler and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law who was respected by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered the men to be taken outside for a little while. He said to them, men of Israel, be careful about what you're about to do to these men. Some time ago, Thutis rose up, claiming to be somebody, and a group of about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, and all his followers were dispersed and came to nothing. After this man, <clears throat> Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census and attracted a following. He also perished, and all his followers were scattered. So in the present case, I tell you, stay away from these men and leave them alone. For if this plan or this work is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You may even be found fighting against God. They were persuaded by him, and after they called in the apostles and had them flogged, they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and released them. Then they went out from the presence of the Sanhedrin, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to be treated shamefully on behalf of the name. Every day in the temple and in various homes, they continued teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. So developing a determined faith, how do we do that? Well, after prayer and praying for boldness, you need to keep trusting. Keep trusting God in the midst of the situation that you're facing. Know that God is with you in the middle of the situation. You see, they could have hope, they could have confidence in the midst of everything because God was on their side. Verse 19, But an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jails during the night and brought them out. I love the story of Jesus said, before he goes to the cross, uh, he says, Don't you know that I could call 12 legions of angels to destroy my enemies right now? I could just call for them and they'd be here. Did you know nobody made Jesus go to the cross? Jesus went to the cross because he wanted to go to the cross to redeem us from our sin. Uh, Jesus had every bit of ability to stop what was happening, but he chose to trust God and to be obedient to God and to keep persevering and doing what God had called him to do. And we are called to keep trusting God. When there's opposition, uh, sometimes we're opposed by those outside the church, right? Uh, there are those who hate Christianity and um, I've had some doors slammed in my face. I've been called some names from time to time as we've gone out in, um, in the community. But can I tell you something? 
There are those who will oppose us. There are also those who will listen. There are those who are ready. We've had some that we've gone to, and Jesus had prepared their hearts, and they gave their hearts to Christ. And what a joy that is. Some are indifferent. But whatever the response is, God doesn't hold us responsible for the response. He calls us to trust him and to continue the work he's called us to do. Uh, so we're called to trust him. And, and you know what I've found? God is with us as we go out, as we talk to people about Jesus Christ. He's also with us when there's opposition in the church. Have you ever had opposition against you in the church? Uh, maybe there's somebody jealous, like the, the Sadducees were jealous. I, I, I can remember a time we're see, seeing that in church. Where this, this individual got jealous, and he began to cause issues in the church. Perhaps there's somebody that gossips and causes problems for you. That should not be happening in the church of God, but sometimes it does. Um, perhaps you've got people who are doing everything they can to try to undermine what you're doing. I've also seen that in the church. Can I tell you something? God is with us in the ministry that we're doing for him. And we can continue to trust him and to trust that he is on our side, that he's with us, that his purpose will stand. And regardless of what we, he may allow us to go through, he's got a plan. He's working these things together for good. And ultimately, his kingdom will stand. Listen, the kings and the, the emperors of this world have often tried to stamp out Christianity. But it continues on to this day because there is a God in heaven who is furthering his purposes in this world and the gates of hell can't stand against it because greater is he that is in us than he who is in the world. Keep trusting. Developing a determined faith. Ask God to help you trust him in those times where you're struggling and uh, come to God's word and have your faith strengthened. Uh, spend time with God's people so that your faith can be strengthened and keep on trusting Jesus and doing what he's called you to do. So keep trusting. So developing a determined faith, how do you do it? Well, after prayer, you need to keep trusting. Secondly, you need to keep sharing. Look at verse 20. Well, I know that uh, they've given you some opposition, so just go home and lick your wounds. And Is that what he says? No. Go stand in the temple and tell the people all about this life. So he's saying, go back and keep doing exactly what got you arrested in the first place. Um, in verse 31, here they are before the Sanhedrin. Uh, and and uh, they're, they're saying this, God exalted this man to his right hand, that is Jesus, as ruler and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. What are they doing? Right there in the middle of the Sanhedrin, they're preaching the gospel. <laughs> I love it. Uh, right in front of the people that want to kill them. They're speaking the truth of God's word. Uh, after they're beaten and released, verse 42 says, Every day in the temple and in various homes, they continued teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. They didn't back up. They didn't flinch. They didn't lick their wounds. They determinedly and persistently preached the gospel that God had entrusted to them. 
Listen, I'm going to tell you something. We're going to need some determined people in our country if it continues to go the direction it's in who will continue to preach the gospel regardless how popular it is, regardless of the opposition that's faced. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. The need of, of this country is not a political party. Uh, it is not some uh, uh, theory or philosophy of this world. The need of this country is to get in touch once again with Jesus Christ. That's the only hope for this country. And who's going to bring that hope? The children of God who speak in the name of Jesus. Keep sharing. Don't quit. God will reward you for what you do for him. So, um, how do you develop a determined faith? Well, after prayer, you need to keep trusting. Keep sharing. Thirdly, keep following. I love what Peter says. They said, hey, we told you not to do this. Stop it. Peter and the apostles, verse 29, replied, we must obey God rather than people. Verse 32, we are witnesses of these things and so is the Holy Spirit. In other words, God is on our side. So is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey Him. We will not stop. We're going to continue to follow Jesus. We're going to continue to be obedient to Jesus Christ regardless of what you or anybody else says. Well, I thought Christians were supposed to be meek and mild. Did you know that the Bible says we're to contend for the faith once for all given to the saints? Now, we're not to be unkind or ugly in the way that we do it, but we are to determinedly continue to follow Jesus. I heard this past week about uh, a prominent uh, preacher in our country that you would know his name if I mentioned it, who has been teaching that you no longer need the Old Testament. Uh, he did a whole s series on why you don't need the Old Testament. Uh, he also uh, was preaching, well, you don't need some of the Gospels. Just one Gospel is enough. Uh, you don't need all the Gospels in the Bible. And, uh, and so he's dismissing all of these things. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. That is Paul speaking to Timothy. It's profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. There are those in the culture who want to silence us. And uh, don't you preach on Romans 1 that talks about the sin of homosexuality. Don't you talk about that. Don't you say that, that there's a suppression of the truth that leads God to give people over to their, to their own minds. And uh, don't you preach that truth. Don't you preach that that's a sin. Uh, but the Bible says that it is a sin. And we're called to continue to speak the truth. The sad thing is in, in these places where they're passing these laws, um, there's probably a few churches that it would apply to, but most churches are so shallow in their preaching and don't preach the Word of God the way they should that it wouldn't make any difference whatsoever with, that the law was passed because they never get around to preaching on the topic anyway. People are too concerned about being politically correct to speak the truth in our country, and it's a shame. We are called to keep following Jesus, to keep standing for what is right, regardless of what the culture says. 
God's truth and his word do not change. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God doesn't take an opinion poll to decide what he's going to consider right or wrong. It is based on his perfect character. Why does he teach us these things that are sometimes uncomfortable or unpopular in the culture? Well, he teaches these things because he loves us. You know, if, if, you've got, if you struggle with the sin of homosexuality, why does, he, why does he teach this issue? Well, he teaches it because he loves us. He wants us to turn from that path, right? Uh, why does God give us the Old Testament? The Old Testament helps prepare us for Christ. Jesus quoted the Old Testament. Paul quoted the Old Testament. Peter quoted the Old Testament. If it's good enough for Jesus, Peter, and Paul, it's good enough for me. You see, God has given us his word because it is a word. I love what, he's, what, what the angel says to them. Uh, verse 20, go and stand in the temple and tell all the people about this life. Literally, in the, in the Greek, it's all the words of this life. I like that word all. That tells me from Genesis to Revelation, every bit of it is important. All the words of this life. And then it also tells me that through the power of God's word, there is a life uh, that is brought to dead souls who don't know Christ. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. How does that happen? Through the word of God and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. God brings life to dead souls. Listen, he did that for me. He changed my life. Praise his name that he brings life to dead souls. Listen, by the way, I heard an uncomfortable message. I resemble that remark, right? I, I, I had not repented of my sins, and, and, and I realized that my, my faith that I had claimed was an empty faith because I had not repented of my sin and put my trust in Jesus Christ. I am grateful somebody told me the truth. But the words of all the words of this life also bring life or renewal to God's people. How often have you spent time in, with God and maybe in your personal quiet time and you've read the scripture and God has refreshed your spirit and he's restored and renewed your life. There's something about the word of God that just ministers to us in a deep way. God does it through the ministry of his church. He does it through the fellowship that we have in small group time. But God is working through his word. And we're called to keep following Jesus. Keep following Jesus. If no one else does it. As Joshua said, as for me and my house, you decide what you're going to do. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Keep following. Make a decision each day that you live to keep following Jesus. Each day as you get up, make a decision to take up your cross and follow Jesus. Each day, say, Lord Jesus, Please help me genuinely surrender and empower me with your spirit to keep serving you and to keep being obedient to you. So developing a determined faith. After prayer, you need to keep trusting, keep sharing, keep following, and keep rejoicing. Keep rejoicing. Verse 41. Now, they've just been beaten. 
Uh, if it was the normal beating of the uh, 40 lashes minus one, it was a pretty significant thing. Uh, they, they go out, verse 41, from the presence of the Sanhedrin, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to be treated shamefully on behalf of the name. Why in the world would they be rejoicing? They've just been beaten. They've been unjustly treated. Why would they be rejoicing? I believe they were rejoicing because they knew what Jesus said. Rejoice when men revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. For great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets who are before you. So they realized as they were persecuted for the name of Jesus Christ that it associated them with Jesus who suffered unjustly. It associated them with the prophets who suffered unjustly. But it also assured them not just of a reward but of a great reward. A great reward. Has anybody reviled Christians in our culture today? Of course they have. I heard something recently uh, about a group of atheists that were calling Christians terrorists, uh, calling Christianity evil. I remember reading somewhere in the scripture about people calling good evil and evil good. That's happening in our culture today. Um. Don't be shocked when the world doesn't appreciate your Christianity, but keep rejoicing because as they revile the name of Jesus and the, and the stand that you take, God will reward you. A great reward in heaven is awaiting you. Keep rejoicing. Keep rejoicing. When, when things are hard and difficult, uh, Hebrews talks about this. And the first part of Hebrews 11 talks about all the great things accomplished by faith uh, throughout the history of God's people. But then it goes into a section and it talks about those who were persecuted because of the name of Jesus. And it says, these died not having yet received the promise because God was preparing a greater reward for them. You see, if the reward is, deter is deterred and delayed by persecution, the reward will be greater when you get to heaven. So, uh, uh, if, if they persecute us, they give us uh, stones in our crown, okay? Uh, if they kill us, they promote us to glory. Can I tell you something? As a child of God, you cannot lose as you serve him. Keep rejoicing. Keep your eyes on Jesus and keep knowing that his purposes will stand. You know, one day, all the rulers of this world, all the people who have opposed Jesus will bow the knee to him. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But I'm going to tell you something. Until that time comes, he is Lord whether people acknowledge it or not. He's in charge. He is with us as his people. And so as you see the evil around you, as you see uh, the church oftentimes going in a wrong direction as a whole in this country, listen, don't be discouraged because God is still with you. He's still with me. He's still with those who are serving him. And he's still faithful. 
I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread. Our God's faithful. Keep rejoicing. So developing a determined faith. How? Well, after prayer, pray for that boldness you need. After prayer, you need to keep trusting, keep sharing, keep following, and keep rejoicing. I love what the scripture later on says in the book of Acts. Um, the report was, these men are turning the world upside down. Oh, that that would be true in our country. That God's people would be so determined to follow Jesus regardless of what people think or regardless of the opinions of men that God would just do a supernatural work that would turn this country upside down. Oh, how, how wonderful that would be. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, you and I can experience revival personally as we choose to follow Jesus, and we can impact those around us who will listen. But one day, uh, we, we will see the fruit, whether we see a revival in this country or whether we see uh, the rewards that Jesus has prepared for us, we will have fruit for the labor that we have done for Jesus while we're here. Keep following him as his people. If you don't know Jesus, can I tell you something? Uh, it, it's not always easy to follow Jesus. There's a price to pay. Um, there's, but it's so, it's so worth it to know Jesus Christ, to have him in your life, and to, to have your heart changed, and to know the joy and the sweetness of his presence. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, uh, the Bible says that Jesus lived the perfect life we couldn't live. He died the death we deserved at the cross, Paid the price and said, it is finished. It's paid in full. And then he rose again in mighty power. And because of what Jesus has done, the Bible says that God will forgive us. He'll acquit us of all our sin. Uh, he'll wipe the record of that sin away. He'll bury that sin in the sea of forgetfulness and separate it as far as the east is from the west. But he asks us to do something. We must choose to turn from our sin in our own way in faith and choose to follow Jesus. And receive that gift of eternal life. If you're willing to make that choice today, I'm going to invite you to come and make that choice here in a moment as we begin to sing. And uh, if, you're, if you're watching online, you can call on the name of Jesus. Lord Jesus, I choose to turn from my sin in my own way to follow Jesus and to receive that gift of eternal life. You make that decision uh, today, right now. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. And, um, Lord, thank you for the ability to serve you and honor you for all that you've honored us with and, and done for us. Uh, Lord, help us be faithful in our service for you and to, to persist and to be determined in that service. And, Father, for those who are here today that don't know Jesus or who are watching online, I pray that you give them the ability right now to genuinely make a decision to turn from their sin in their own way to follow Christ and receive that eternal life as a gift.